Greetings again in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, Pastor Major H. Gibbons Sr. coming to you on this Friday evening, January the 19th. We're coming to you at our 6 o'clock hour at our On the Wall E-Ministries Bible Institute. We thank God for you joining us. Uh, we've been studying the crucifixion, salvation, and the glory of God. We've been studying this for the last few months. We've been through God reveals uh, us our need for him. That's the doctrine of depravity. Then we studied God changes our heart, the doctrine of regeneration. And God enables our belief, the doctrine of conversion. And God reverses our status, uh, the doctrine of justification, the doctrine of adoption, and the doctrine of the union with Christ, who we studied on our last uh, uh, class. So we're going to study tonight, God transforms our lives, and that's the doctrine of sanctification. We're going to study that, but we do thank God uh, for you joining us on this Friday evening as we study, as we get deeper into studying God's Word. Uh, let us open with a word of prayer. Father God, we do thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to come, and as we come, Lord, we ask that you would just touch your dear servant. Touch my lips that I might boldly say those things you have laid upon my heart. Uh, give me an understanding of your word that now I might teach your children that they might have an understanding that may apply to their lives. Lord, we thank you, Lord, and we praise you. Just go with us and stand by us. We ask your blessings upon the sick, the suffering, and the bereaved. Bless, O oh, Heavenly Father, the teacher and the student. Uh, let us, O oh, Heavenly Father, receive your word and apply it to our each and everyday life. This is our prayer in Christ Jesus' name. Let every heart say amen. So again, we just thank you again on Friday evening for joining us here in our class tonight. And uh, we're very excited about what God is doing with us, in us, and through us in our ministry here. Uh, we've been blessed to serve. And uh, we went to Salvation Army and served 120 uh, plates to uh, those uh, at the Salvation Army and on the street. But we... Uh, we're blessed to be able to do this and uh, through our ministry, all supported by our Alta Vista Church Supply and our Major Ministry. So we are uh, so supported by our, our business and our ministry and our everything uh, and all of our resources are provided to us through our business at Alta Vista Church Supply Store. We want to just make sure you understand that. So as we study tonight, God transforms our lives, the doctrine of sanctification. As you get into our study, we ask you to download that. Uh, we're studying on page uh, 89 of uh, your study that you can download on our web page, uh, excuse me, on, on our Facebook page. Uh, just touch the link there and it should be able to open it up. We'll turn to page 89 of our study guide that's on our Facebook page, God Transforms Our Lives. Uh, we got a lot of ground to cover, but we want to be able to go through this uh, this sanctification to get a greater understanding. And I know you're thinking, and you say, but uh, that we're going to get through this, and we're going to try our best to get through this so that we can have a, a clear understanding the difference between justification and sanctification. Uh, we want to make this transition as we get through this by looking at these uh, different segments of this lesson uh, to greater understanding of how we want to have this to apply 
to our understanding of it. So the definition of sanctification, as we look at the definition of sanctification, uh, it's the uh, process in which God transforms our lives into the image of Christ that he'd want us to be. So sanctification is the process in which we transform our lives to be more like Christ. And as we look at sanctification, sanctification, again, is that process, but it's a process between justification and sanctification. Justification is uh, getting right with God, uh, made right by Jesus Christ on the cross, made right by him, justified by the blood uh, shed on Calvary cross, death, resurrection uh, of Jesus Christ. So we are made right by God, made justified by him, but justification is what? An instantaneous event. Once we accept Christ, he instantaneously justifies us. But sanctification is a gradual process. So justification is a point that happens in our relationship with Christ. But then sanctification is a process that we go through as we grow more and more in being like Christ. So justification is that instantaneous event. But sanctification is that gradual process we grow as we get into knowing Christ. So we are saved, being sanctified, and justification refers to how we stand with God, but sanctification refers to how we live before God. Justification is how we stand before God, but sanctification is how we live before God. From standing overflows into the life that we would live for Christ. So justification involves uh, the freedom from the penalty of sin, and, but sanctification involves the freedom from the power of sin. So he saves us and justifies us and takes away the penalty of sin from us. But in order for us to get uh, 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 grow to the point of getting uh, sanctified, to get to the place where we can be able to uh, uh, get rid of that power of sin that it has over our life, it demands us to grow each and every day. So sanctification uh, uh, is uh, happened in certain degrees. We grow more and more. Even when they said Jesus grew uh, as a child, he grew more and more being in the Father's will. So we have to have that sanctification to grow closer and be more and more like Christ in our life. So the process by which God uses, again, is sanctification to get us in that place of growing closer. So sanctification is talking about the holiness and our pursuit for holiness. So we have a, a, a press toward the prize or the goal that we have for holiness. That's the prize. So we press toward that and grow more and more as we get uh, sanctified in the word of God by that power of God working in our lives. I think 1 Thessalonians 5th chapter in verses 23 and 24, it says, May God of peace himself sanctify you but completely and he who calls you to be faithful. So he will do it. God has the power to do that. And he's the only one. And so he's doing it each and every day as we grow in our faith toward him. So we are sanctified by God, the Father, uh, in God, the Son, as we receive grace by the Holy Spirit. So Christ loved the church and he gave himself up to the church and he that we might be sanctified. So Christ gave himself so that we could be sanctified. Ephesians 5th chapter in verses 25 and 27. As we have received God's grace 
in our lives, as we behold his glory, we began to become more like him. In 2 Corinthians 3rd chapter, verses 17, talks about that as we behold the glory of Christ, as we behold him, we become more like him. And the more we look like him, the more we become like him, the more we act like him, and the more we reflect the character of God that we learn through emulating Jesus Christ. So we must learn to be like him. And he said that, uh, that he had sanctified us completely. He made us completely whole. And, and as we grow to that completion, it will take uh, the rest of our life to get to that point. We never graduate from sanctification. And we shall grow from glory to glory. The scripture tells us that we grow from glory to glory each and every day of our life. Growing to get closer to that emulation of Christ that we reflect in our life. So uh, we are sanctified by God the Father, in God the Son, as we receive the grace of God. And they said the more we look like him, the more we will become like him and act like him in all our ways. So that's why 1 John 3rd chapter says uh, that's what we should do. And then we are sanctified by God the Father, in God the Son, through God the Spirit. We said earlier, sanctification by the Spirit uh, and the belief in the truth. 2 Thessalonians uh, second chapter 13, sanctification of the Spirit. And so this is the process by which God the Father uses through the Son by the power of the Spirit to transform our life. And this is the struggle that we go through each and every day to try to get closer and more as life uh, presses us uh, to be less like God. Uh, God comes us and sanctifies our spirit inside of us to push against that flesh to be more like him. So struggles of sanctification means that we are in a battle between our old sinful desire and the spirit of Christ that is in us. And what we are after is that mortification of the spirit that says that we need to put to death uh, those things that are inside of us, those desirable, uh, sinful uh, desires that are trying to pull us away from God. So we're in a battle each and every day. And the word in the New Testament, it calls it sorrow or the flesh, our sinful nature that is always pulling us to be indifferent to the will of God. So we then, we are what clothed in the righteousness of Christ, and we are still, we are still here on the earth. So while we are still here on the earth, we still have that sinful nature that is on the inside of us. So we are warring every day against the flesh trying to push against the will of God to sanctify us, and, and we're pushing against that each and every day, so we're struggling every day to become more like this. Then we have the vivification of the Spirit, the pneuma, the Spirit, is that, that breath, the breath of God. And he said that we want to be able to have our lives to be what? Conquered by the Spirit of God more and more each and every day of our life as we grow closer and closer to be more like him in all of our ways. We have to put death to the flesh, put to death that fleshly desires that are inside of us to life, uh, to live for Christ, 
uh, to have that Christ inside of us, we have to be able to allow that Spirit of God to put to death those things that are inside of us. We talk about that in Ephesians 4th chapter, Colossians 3rd chapter, even in Romans 6th chapter, Romans 7th chapter. Uh, it talks about that. Paul in Romans 7 is talking about that battle that we go through about transforming all of these areas in our life. It's a struggle, he said, that each and every day. So we have to press toward that mark of the high calling of Jesus Christ to be able to reach that level of sanctification and that we were able to grow more and more to be like him. So God transforms our man. How does he uh, get into that uh, area of transforming our lives? He get into our mind. He said the renewing of your minds, Romans 12, he transformed, uh, be not conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Uh, he says that in Romans 12, taking every thought captive, he tells us, uh, to the obedience of Christ, 2 Corinthians 10, increasing in the knowledge of God, Colossians 1 chapter, verses 9 and 10. He transforms not only our minds, but he transforms our emotions, abstaining from the passions of the flesh, which wage against our soul each and every day, First in Peter, 2nd chapter and 11, and not loving the things of the world anymore, but loving the things of God. We got to be able to love things more of the things of God rather than things of the world. So he has to transform our minds and our hearts and our passions in order for us to be able to uh, be more like him. So he transforms our will as we work out our soul salvation each and every day. He works to will and to work uh, to do his good pleasure in us in our lives. Philippians 2nd chapter verses 12 and 13. So also he what? He transformed our bodies holiness in our bodies. He, he, he does our mind, soul, and body in order for us to be more like Christ. So he sanctifies us all areas of our life in order for us to be able to perform and to do the work he has called us to do. So he transformed our churches. Sanctification not only is a personal uh, uh, project, but sanctification is a communal project. Christ is formed in you as the church. In Galatians 4 chapter tells us that. And that's plural. He says you. So together we are looking more and more like Christ as a body of believers. And that's why we can't uh, uh, do sanctification on our own. We need one another in the church in order for to grow each and every day to be more like Christ. You look at the fruit of the Spirit, and you will be able to notice there in the fruit of the Spirit that it deals community. All of these love, joy, peace, and patience, and kindness, and goodness, and faithfulness, and gentleness, and self-control is Galatians 5th chapter 22 and 23, that all of these are building community, building relationships in the community. It works on the flesh. It destroys uh, uh, the, the, the community that we should, the things that prevents us from having a full church community. It, it, it puts to death those things, immorality, impurity, sexuality, and sorcery, and strife, and enmity, and jealousy. Uh, Galatians 5th chapter 19 and 21 reminds us of those things and destroys uh, the, the community that, that the flesh does. This flesh destroys the community relationship. So in order for us to have that relationship, we have to be sanctified as a community 
to bring us in relationship one to another. So, so sanctification is that process by which God, the Father, the Son, the Spirit is transforming us into the image of Christ every day. And that's what, uh, that, what we are trying to move forward into being uh, like in our lives. Romans 8 says that God is working everything in your life. And not only the rosy things, not only the things that feel good, he works out everything in your life, the good, the bad, and the ugly we talked about a few Sundays ago. So that's more and more we are conformed to the image of Christ, and that's what Romans 8 and 9 is talking about. The reality is, though, is that sanctification will not be complete in this world that we live in. And, 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 and it's going to be an ongoing battle as long as you live, as long as you try to put your trust in Christ, the flesh is going to push back against you. So it's an ongoing battle for the rest of your life and you never complete this thing that you're going through in the process of sanctification. First John 1, 8 and 10 makes it clear. Romans 7 also illustrates, and you think, some people might think, well, I'm going to grow uh, your relationship with God. Maybe you'll get to this point where you can see a sin in your life. That may say, and let's listen to what one of the writers said. Indeed, the more sanctified the person is, the more conformed he is to the image of the Savior, the more he must recall against the lack of conformity to the holiness of God. But the deeper his apprehension of the majesty of the greater the intensity for his love of God, the more persistent his yearning for the attainment of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. The more conscious he will be of the gravity of the sin that remains in his life. And the more conscious he is, the more uh, he will be able to be detestable of the things that are not of God. He will detest the things that are not of God. And was this not the effort in every people of God as they came into the proximity of the revelations of his holiness? Once they came into the proximity of the holiness of God, they could not stand before him in their sin. For sin is a way of escaping that way of coming into the holiness of God. The more and more we grow, the more we should hate the sin, detest the sin that is in our life. So the more Christ come in us, the more Christ-like we become, and the more Christ-like become, the more that we detest the things that are not of God. The more we see sin, the more we should hate sin, the more we detest sin, and our sanctification will not be complete in this world as we live, because we will be struggling with sin until we leave here. So this is not an excuse for us to be able to become spiritual lazy, and as we say, okay, well then, if I don't grow to the point where God will have me to be in my life, so I might as well give up on this. So no, that is not what God is telling us to do. God didn't want you to give up on growing to be more like him. Not somebody just justified by God. Not someone just adopted by God who's seen sin in their lives and turned from it. So that's not the excuse for spiritual laziness because of the fact 
So this is an exhortation of spiritual uh, perseverance. We want to become more like Christ in our everyday life. And though our sanctification will not be complete in this world that we live in, our sanctification will be complete in the world to come. And we get that by being faithful in Jesus Christ. Everyone whose boxes in him purifies himself as he is pure. Everyone who thus hopes in him, in Christ, is purified and he becomes pure. 1 John 3, 2 and 3. And when he appears, the Bible tells me that we shall be like him. That's what he tells us again in 1 John 3, 2 and 3. So the confusion sometimes over sanctification is uh, many times people uh, look at it from different angles. And this where a lot of times we understand that it's work uh, 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 related. Sometimes we get caught up into works by being sanctified. The work conversation comes up. Works and salvation comes up. And, and that's how do we relate to each other when we want to get people to understand it. The two dangers that we have when we want to talk about this that we've already talked about, there are a certain level of legalism when you get involved in it. The effect of legalism is has a way of contaminating your mind when you can't get your mind in the right perspective. Paul says it works like yeast. He says that a little leaven leavens the whole lump. Legalism uh, is a way that we need to guard against that so that with everything that we got, you got to get into legalism and work this thing out of your system. So in working with God, then you don't need Christ for you if you can get the work done. We don't need Christ if we can get the work done because we could not get the work done. God sent Christ into the world so that we could do what we could not do. So you got to be able to have Christ in your life in order for you uh, to have this full sanctification. You cannot do it on your own. You will gain the burden of the law. Then there are things that Paul is telling us that the law condemns everyone. And we'll miss the grace of God if we try to live according to the law. So the end of legalism is what? condemnation and what more insane and wicked would it be for us to want to lose the grace and the favor of God trying to live right by the law to retain the law on our lives in whose retention makes it necessary for us to accumulate the wrath of God and every other evil for itself because now we don't have the grace of God keeping us from the judgment of God himself so that's legalism so on the other end is but we have to be careful to ward also the license of it. See, you can have legalism that try to make you own up to it, but then you got to avoid the license, thinking it's okay that I'll disregard God's command and that there is blasphemous phrases that you cannot disregard the plans that God has for you. See, I pray a prayer and save by faith alone so I can do whatever I want. So you'll get caught up into that, that, that dangerous situation that you're in. See, gospel truth is never intended only to be believed. See, gospel truth was always intended to be obeyed. See, to be, he said not only to hear the word, God wants us to be become a what? 
doer of the word. So you cannot get this caught up in this legalism and not understand it, that you do need the grace of God to be able to help you get through this life and to make it in this world. So gospel truth is never intended in order for you to just to be a believer, but gospel truth was intended for you to become a doer. He said, let this manner of life be worthy of the gospel, Philippians First chapter, verses 27. So let's be clear. In your life, Paul said, he believed the gospel. The gospel truth was never intended uh, to be accepted in our heads, but the gospel truth was always intended to be applied in our lives. And faith without works is always what? It's dead. Faith without works is dead. So we got to have faith. We got to have works. But we got to have both of them in order for to accomplish what God has wanted us to. So sanctification gets us, makes us right to justification. But sanctification broadens our understanding of what God wants us to do. And we grow to that fullness of his uh, work that he has for us in our lives. So faith without works is dead. So we want to avoid the legalism, but also the license where we will get to it in order for it to grow to the fullness of God. So we'll dive into it a little bit deeper. There are two definitions, specifically the word work. So here's the deal. Uh, in Western Europe, these guys that were uh, with us and you want to go to play football in Europe and then you go out to play football and you find out that football is not uh, this little brown leather thing that we call football in the United States. In football in Europe, it's a round ball with dots on it. It's a soccer ball. So when you're talking about uh, uh, football in Europe, you got to understand football in Europe is soccer. So you got to have that type of mentality. The same thing is in relationship when we talk about work. Work, when we look at the word work in scripture, we use two different ways. On one hand, it's a negative work. Work that is fueled by what? The flesh to earn favor before God. So he said, don't try to work out your soul salvation by the works of your flesh, but work out your soul salvation by fear or reverence of God and trembling. So we cannot work uh, that way out. So we, it's a negative hand thinking that we can work to get our salvation, that legalistic work that we talked about earlier. But working is to earn favor with God. But the positive work that we want to talk about is the work that is fueled by faith to bring the great glory to God. Everything in me, Paul said, I don't know nothing but Jesus Christ and him crucified. Everything in me, all of my salvation, all of my goodness, all of my justification, all of my sanctification comes through God. He gets all the glory. None I can uh, uh, claim that I have a right or power or authority to do any of that in my life. All positive work, the work that is fueled by my faith to bring great glory to God. And this is how James uses the word work. 15 times in the book of James, he refers to work. And all time, it's positive. And faith-fueled in work. Look at 2 Thessalonians 1st chapter. Paul uses this. He said that our God may make you worthy of his calling and may fulfill every resolve of good and every work of faith by his power. For in Christ, Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything but only faith working through love. Galatians 5th chapter. So work is not all that bad, but work fueled by the flesh to earn favor by God is bad, but work fueled by faith 
that brings great glory for God is good work. So we want to be able to work hard in this way and have nothing to do with the work and the way that will make uh, uh, us to be, get glory rather than giving God glory. So those two definitions leading to two realities. Salvation is by faith. And we talked about this in the past and by faith that we've been accepted before God the Father. And this uh, results uh, in radical confidence before God. But then in sanctification, we realize faith works. And we're not only accepted before God the Father, but by faith, we'll now walk with God as his friend. He said, I no longer cause you, or he said, I'm a friend, a friend that's what? Sticks closer than a brother. So confidence resting in the righteousness of Christ, our faith now is the result from this radical obedience, this confidence resting in the righteousness of Christ and this obedience by following the commandments of Christ. And that's why I've got these examples throughout our text. In Colossians 1 chapter uh, 1 and 4 talks about resting in Christ. And, and then in Colossians first chapter verses 5 through 10 talks about the work that follows from that. And the same thing in 2 Peter, the first chapter, verses 3 and 4. 2 Peter, first chapter, verses 5 and 7. And that's how it works. is okay. But then in our work, we are first of all dependent on God's work in our lives. So we can't not work until God completes his work in our lives, God's work. And it is getting a little confusing, particularly as we look at this as is Everything that what God does is fueled by faith. And we believe in God and we trust in God and to give us what we need in order for to do the work that he has called and assigned us to do. Philippians 2nd chapter, verses 12 and 13. Not only as in my presence, but much more my absence, work out all your soul's salvation, what? With fear and trembling, for it is God who, by work, that work out your soul's salvation and who God who does the work in you, but to will and to work for his own good pleasure. So God is the one that causes us to do the work inside of us. So God is saying, I'm working hard out there with the gospel. I'm working hard. I get up in the morning and I say, God, I need a grace today and all day and I'm trusting in your grace. I'm leaning on this grace. I'm needing his grace. I'm working hard and I get to the end of a long day of hard work and I look back and say, only the grace of God. Then I go to sleep and over and this grace fuel work and it's not dependent upon me. Everything that we do it's based upon God. So if we wake up in the morning, it's God does it. If we go to the job, it's God does it. If we get the work done, it's God done it. Whatever work we are doing, if it's the work that we need to accomplish based on how God has called us, it's grace-filled work. So we look at Colossians first chapter. He said, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone about wisdom that we may prevent anyone mature in Christ. So listen to what it said. For this I told struggling all of the energy that, that are powerful working within me. So we are working. Is God working in us on our behalf to enable us to be able to glorify him? See, all that we do is God working in us so that we can glorify him. So we are dependent upon his work in our lives. 
as we depend on him, we devote ourselves to the will that God is working in our lives and he works inside of us to accomplish all of that. And we follow him and we devote our lives to him and he works this thing out and then we obey him and then whatever he says we do, why? Because what? We trust him. We trust him and then if we obey him, we'll be able to receive those benefits that he has for us by walking in obedience. That's why the whole point that Abraham, he trusted in him, what? wholeheartedly, and he accounted unto him righteousness. And that's the result, follow him, but sacrificially. And that's why Abraham was willing to be able to follow him, to take Isaac up and to try to sac sacrifice his own son upon the altar because what? He trusted God. You got to trust God when things don't look right, when things don't feel right. Trust God anyway. And that is what Abraham was willing to do. When God calls us to radical obedience, to things where we don't understand. And we need to obey God because we trust God no matter whether we understand what he's telling us or not. So we heard that he is a friend, he's a father, and we believe him. Uh, faith is working this thing out in our life. We realize license makes us uh, no sense because we, 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 we are not free from Christ, but we are free in Christ. But we're not free to do ever what we want to do. We're free to be able to follow Christ wherever he leads us. And that's what the beauty of the gospel is. We are not free uh, to flaunt God's commands or his work that he's done in our life. We are not free to follow uh, 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 any other thing but to follow the commands that God has put into our lives. We are not now free to be obedient to God, to follow God, and to be obedient to his command. So that's what sanctification does. Sanctification grows us each and every day to be more obedient to the will of God, to be more uh, willing to follow God, to get our will more in align with the will of God. That's what sanctification does. It's working hard. It's radical, holy living uh, for the glory of Christ in our lives, for all that springs from the faith that we have through the grace offered to us through Jesus Christ. The two conclusions of our lesson tonight, don't miss these. One is faith is the means of our justification. And keep coming back to that. We don't work for justification. We rest in Christ for our justification. And we rest in his righteousness. And that righteousness flows into our lives and it works in the evidence of our justification. And that's what sanctification is. Sanctification is justification by evidence. God's evidence of the justification in our lives, that's what sanctification is. James says what he's talking about, that faith creates works. And so that you go from worship gathering in your church on Sunday morning, and if you're going to uh, there to earn acceptance before God in the flesh, think that you are doing it, that you are getting credits before God. You're missing the whole point. You remember in, in, in Bible study, we used to go to the golden star. Every time we went to church on Sunday, we got a little star. Many of us was going just to get the star, but God is not impressed by how many times we get to church, how many golden stars we get. How many times we are there for every program? God is concerned about our heart. Uh, he's not concerned about uh, all those other things. So you think you're doing it to get credit before God. Again, you're missing out on the whole point. But if you're going there, 
because you believe in God that he is holy and that he's worthy of all your praise, that his church is good and that uh, you need to have his church in your life and then you want to be a part of his church and then you want to glorify him and then it's really good work on Sunday mornings you sit down with this word and, and then you read the word and then absolutely uh, not thinking, all right, I, I, I got to do this. I, I, I got to check this out. And then, no, you sit down and then you read the word because you know the word is life. The word of God is, is not something that we just come to church to do. We come to church to get the word of God in us because the word of God can bring life and you believe it's good, and then once you get that word of God inside of you, it's sweeter than honey. It becomes something pleasing to you. It becomes more valuable to you than silver or gold, and it becomes more pure to you than gold itself. And then it becomes more worth your time to be able to sit down and to be able to read it because you know that that is faith-fueled work in order for you to grow into the place where God wants you to be. So sanctification is faith-fueled work to be able to study and to grow. Study to show yourself approved unto God so that you can be able to rightly divide the word of God. So that's what we need to do. It's got to be fuel faith work. And that's what makes us really, really good work to be able to read God's word and so on and to be able to live your life. So the reality of our faith uh, creates works and works creates faith, and faith creates works, and then works creates faith. It's a process that continues to go on from glory to glory. As we grow into one level of our faith, God will enable that to encourage us and strengthen us to be able to grow to a higher level. He said, greater works shall you do, shall I go to the Father. So now obedience of faith. Great phrase in Philippians, or Romans first chapter, then Romans 16. God transforms our lives by sanctification. And that sanctification brings us into a greater relationship with him because now we're growing to be more like him, being more obedient like Christ. And the closer we get to the image of Christ, the more God can be able to use us in his kingdom. And the more we become like Christ, the more we bring glory to God. So we thank God for you joining us on this evening with the next lesson. God transformed our lives by the doctrine of preservation and perseverance. We're going to study that next. And we thank God for you joining us on this Friday evening. We hope you got a little out of our lesson today to have your uh, relationship with God a little bit more sure. He justified, made us right, but now he wants to sanctify us to bring us into a growing relationship with him. So we do thank God for you joining us on this Friday evening. Uh, we're going to get ready. It's cold outside. We're going to try to go out and get warm and get uh, ourselves into our home for the evening. But we do praise God for your goodness and your mercy. We praise God for all of your kindness. You're watching us, and we see your names up on the screen, and we don't take it for granted. We thank God for you listening to the word of God, growing to the fullness where God can be able to have you to do things in the kingdom of God that will be able to multiply and replenish as he told us in that creation story. 
He said, God created us to be able to multiply and replenish and to be fruitful. God is desire for us to be able to make other disciples and bring others to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. God bless you today. Hope you had a great understanding of being sanctified, growing to that level where we can grow to where God can use us to advance his kingdom here on earth. Let us bow. Father God, we do thank you, Lord, for this day. We thank you for this opportunity. We thank you for your obedience. We thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, that through your son, Jesus Christ, we were justified, but we also are sanctified. We are made right by his word, by his death and resurrection, and through the power of his Holy Spirit, and through his word, we are being made sanctified so that we can grow to the fullness of what God wants us to be each and every day. God bless you, and may heaven ever smile upon you. We'll see you again uh, next week. We're planning on going out of town. Uh, we ask you to pray for us. We'll be celebrating on Wednesday our 74th birthday. Celebrating on Wednesday. Uh, we get out of town the weekend, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, taking us a little staycation, uh, staying out of everybody's way. That's what we call it, a staycation. We're going to stay out of everybody's way and, and have a little uh, time for ourselves. God bless you. May heaven ever smile upon you, and we'll see you again, uh, not this week, the next following week. God bless you.